0: Hello, what is up guys? Uh good to talk to you guys again here in episode 2 of season 1. Uh there's no real theme, but each season is going to have 25-30 episodes or whatever, then we'll go to season 2 and kind of move on from there. So, today we're going to talk about a couple things, some ex- a obscure amusement park for one. Uh, One that not everybody knows about because it's just kind of, you know, existing. But uh, it is famous for one ride simply because it is by far one of the strangest rides of all time. I'm talking about Wonderland Amusement Park in Amarillo, Texas. Of course, the famous ride is Texas Tornado. This is basically the definition of what happens when you don't know what the heck you're doing when you design a roller coaster. They didn't account for the friction rates near as much as they should have. And as a result, you end up with the two vertical loops being, well, unique. One of them actually has track. That the supports are literally spoked in like a bicycle wheel uh, to support the track from the main loop support. Because the original loop was just attached directly to the loop support. Um, which is actually quite similar to a Schwarzkopf loop support with its... Uh, with basically a large circular spine being the support but instead they had to put bicycle wheel spokes basically is what it looks like into the ride uh because it couldn't clear the loop. They didn't account for friction near as much as they should have with their track design. So they had to redesign the whole thing and rather than rebuild everything support wise they just kind of added onto it. So that's what the uh park is famous for, Texas Tornado. It's one of the most unique rides of all time. It really is a very unique uh attraction. I'll give it that. And I don't know how good it is. I haven't ridden it yet. Um. So this is actually on my bucket list. This Texas Tornado is really on my bucket list to ride. So we also have uh, three other coasters at this park. I just want to spotlight this park because I feel like um it doesn't get enough love. For being a really unique attraction. I mean yes it's unique in weird ways. Like it's definitely kind of a classic feel for a park. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, They have a ride called Mousetrap. It's a Pinfari ride. It's specifically the Zyklon Model Z64. Um, I would definitely say that these Pinfari rides are... Decent but not great. I mean, they're just solid fair rides, fairground rides, but this one's at a permanent park. Uh, I definitely really enjoy a good ride on some of these because some of them actually offer some surprising airtime, especially if they have the trim brakes off. It depends on the operator of the attraction uh, whether or not those trim brakes are on. For those who are unfamiliar with trim brakes, basically the concept is a ride has too much speed or is deemed to have too much speed going into a certain part of the ride so they put a uh a class brake or a magnetic brake to slow the train down to a desired speed to make sure that it does not hit that at uh full speed some parks will actually turn their trim brakes off for special events or something else like that and some will just have them off because it's a cold day they don't want the coaster to hit the uh element too slow and potentially valley um now valleying is when a ride cannot complete the circuit and ends up in like a valley between hills or a valley between inversions, something like that. It rarely happens with people on it. It's usually when there's no people on it. The train is lighter, it just doesn't clear. But that doesn't necessarily mean it won't happen with the, uh people on it. It has. And it's actually not really as scary as you would think. You just kind of sit there until they can get the fire department to get you down. I mean, it's not like a huge deal. I've never experienced it, but people have had the... Uh, fortune or misfortune depending on how you look at it of uh experiencing this so that's kind of some little bit of knowledge there now something that's really interesting about this park is they actually purchased hornet which was actually originally mayan Mindbender at six flags astroworld and that's a park that we're going to spotlight next but a little more on that later so wonderland purchases Vakoma ride It's actually a um, custom Mark 700 model. Uh, There were only four of these Mark 700s built that were custom um, or in general existed. All four are currently in operation, so they definitely have lasted. So that's a good thing to note. It's also, if you look at it, it's actually the template for the track they currently use or somewhat a template for the track they currently use that has been so successful in recent years. For those of you who don't know, Vekoma used to use an older style of track that caused a lot of problems, a lot of roughness, a lot of uncomfortable rides, such as their suspended looping coaster model. Uh, Unfortunately, they sold a literal boatload of these, so unfortunately we ended up with a lot of really bad rides being sold to a lot of parks rather than the more quality rides that they could have gotten from better manufacturers. But again, cheaper is sometimes considered better by some parks. But Hornet is only about 1,100 feet long and only is about 30 feet high. The reason it's just historic is it actually started its life originally at Boblo Island, which is a very famous amusement park uh in Canada that unfortunately closed on September twenty sixth, nineteen ninety-three, but uh with several uh several rides still in operation until the end. So unfortunately that's kind of a sad story. But the good news is Nightmare then got relocated to Astro World as my and mind vendor and was then one of the only coasters to reopen from Astro World At Wonderland Amusement Park as Hornet. So they also have Cyclone. This is one of the rarest models of all time. Uh, Only two Myler Manufacturing wild mice exist. I have ridden neither of them. So I can't tell you how much or how good they are. However, we have reasonable uh, suspicion from, for me anyways, that they're really fun but completely uh janky ride. Now what I mean by a janky ride is it's jerky, it's weird, it kind of feels a little rickety, that kind of thing. That's what I mean by a janky ride for future reference. So this was actually relocated uh twice. It started its life at Spring Lake Park in Oklahoma City, uh which closed unfortunately in 1981, and also uh Fun Town which uh was in Atlanta. And it closed in 1966. Um, the ride did. And that park did close in sixty six as well. So that's kind of the overview of the coasters at the park. Now there is a new coaster that is planned hopefully to open in 2023. It's been pushed back a little bit due to COVID and other factors. But it's just a uh, SBF Visa Group spinning coaster. These are a dime a dozen. They're all over the place. But they're fun little family rides you know they spin reasonably well and overall i definitely appreciate a good ride on one so this one was actually relocated from wild Willy's adventure zone a park that is still operating but no longer owns a roller coaster they closed it in 2017. so those are the overview of the coasters so hopefully we'll have five by next year uh, assuming all goes well with Spinosaurus, which is the name of the SBF Visa spinning coaster. But really, what I wanted to take another look at is if you were to go to Wonderland's website, you're going to see that this park is very classic um, in its ride selection. I mean, not everything's going to be a classic ride, but you can definitely tell that. They like their classic attractions. So going to the park's website will give you a lot of ideas of what's there. Um, if you look at their Thrill Ride collection, uh, they have Drop of Fear, which is an Intamin Drop Tower. I believe it's a drop Intamin Drop Tower. It could be something else. I'm not actually sure on that. Um, they also have Texas Intimidator which is definitely an interesting ride. Uh, It flips you around. It does a lot of things. Those are the modern rides. If you go look at the classics, like all the roller coasters are classic attractions, Uh, all of them. So that's something to look at. And then also family classics. If you take a look at that, you have an old vintage car ride. You have a nice chair swing. You have a classic Himalaya, like an older one. You have a classic pirate ship. You have a nice, uh, good old-fashioned, uh, chairlift ride to get to one end of the park to another, uh, rainbow-style ride, a sc- a really old-looking scrambler, reasonably old-looking scrambler, which is, you know, in a tilt world that looks old as well, Wonder Wheel, which is an older Ferris wheel, um, basically the point is they like their classic attractions, so to go even further, again, I'm just spotlighting this park and kind of talking about it. Uh, they actually have a, um, they actually have a small water park like area. It's literally just two water slides, so I don't know if you can count that. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, they also have Thunder Jet Racers, which is also another uh, water slide for kids more more than uh adults they also have a lock flume uh always good to see a classic lock flume uh they have a shoot to shoot ride which those get you soaked like i'm telling you these things are soaking and the surprising the most surprising thing about this park is they actually have a rapids ride even though this is more of a small park which typically you don't see rapids rides at really small parks like this but yes they have a river rapids ride which i think is pretty cool And the best thing is the prices at this park. That's the other thing I want to spotlight. Their most expensive ride, like, their completely most expensive ride is $4. Like, literally $4. And then, basically, if you get what they call a wow pass, um, which does not include Drop of Fear... Texas tornado and Fantastic Journey it does not include access to miniature golf either. That's literally thirty-two dollars for unlimited rides there, um. And then they also have the Ultimate Wow Pass, which is forty dollars, literally forty dollars for weekdays and forty-eight sixty-five for weekends. I mean, and you get Texas tornado, drop of fear, and all, and one ride on Fantastic Journey, like literally. It also includes a 16-ounce soft drink, like, and miniature golf is included. So basically what I'm telling you is this park is well-priced, and it's in the middle of nowhere As it's not. But really, I really want to visit this park simply because it's unique, and I really think that it deserved a spotlight on the podcast because it's just something that you don't really talk about. And that's something we're going to do a lot is spotlight parks. Uh, Go to their websites, dissect them, look at what they do right what they do wrong, what they do well, what they don't. Especially parks I've been to will definitely help. And if you want to pay by the ride, like, it's really not that bad. Like, for example, Texas Tornado, you pay 4 bucks to ride the ride. This kind of ride, a looping coaster at a small park, could be as much as 8 to $12 in some places. So that's really good. You got rides that are like Hornet and Cyclone are $2 rides. So really, if you're not going to ride a lot, you could easily just, and you're on your own, you could easily pay by ride, get all the roller coasters done, get all the thrill rides done, and probably still be less than the wristband. So it's just something to consider. If you're going to ride a lot of things multiple times, if you're going to spend a full day at the park, you know, it's probably better to get the wristband. But really, the calendar and the prices, like the hours and everything else, are just really convenient for people Although, I will say something about the hours. They are known to be a little, we'll put it, questionable in terms of some of the convenience. But, you know, it's just whatever. It kind of happens, you know. Some parks have weird hours. It's just the bottom line. Okay, so moving on. Something I also wanted to talk about. And one of the things that is a sad story, unfortunately, is the story... Six Flags Astro World. Astro World was definitely one of those things, one of those parks that was well loved and the closure was considered very not well received. I mean, let me just put it this way. This is a park that literally was loved by everyone like in the area. Like it was Houston's premier amusement park. It opened in June 1st 1968 and sadly closed on October 30th 2005 for the last time. So the point is this was really a sad situation because Six Flags owned the park. They decided to close it for several reasons including financial reasons. The park wasn't really making enough money and also the area that it was in was a relatively high crime area and it was becoming a problem. So the sad reality is the area it was in was truly the de- the demise. So we're gonna break down the roller coasters that were at this park. We're gonna start by the three defunct roller coasters. Uh well they're all defunct. All twelve are defunct. But the three that went defunct before the end of the park. So one that is interesting is Swamp Buggy. This is really one of those weird rides. I've been on one of these it it it, it it's it's there. It exists. But as as I will say, these Chance Toboggans, Chance Rides, Toboggan Rides, were the first coasters to feature a vertical lift hill. So, you know, there's problems with every prototype kind of type of ride. The problem with this one is Chance didn't know how to build track or profile it very well at the time. And they just kind of copied and pasted for, pasted for all the Toboggan Rides. It was all hand-bent at the time, so 32 uh, toboggans were built, actually. Sadly, though, um, or maybe thankfully, only a few are still in operation. We currently have one in storage, two operating, and one under construction being rebuilt. So, And there's also several that travel, so that's the good news. There are some that travel. But they're still very rare roller coasters. And this ride opened in 1970. And closed sometime near 1972. So it didn't last very long. Um, you know. It's just kind of one of the thing, One of the things that. You know it's just not a great ride. Overall. But you know unique at least. So. Also they're closed earlier than the park was Excalibur, an Aerodynamics Mine Train Coaster. Now, for those who don't know about Aerodynamics, which we will have a whole couple of podcasts discussing discussing them, um, basically, Excalibur was not the prototype, but they actually invented the Mine Train-style ride uh, for theme parks. So that's basically the situation there. So, yeah. Now, Excalibur was one of the tallest mine trains. It was one of the most unique mine trains. Uh, It had a very weird layout, very unconventional, but not necessarily a bad one. And it was enjoyed by a lot of people over its 26-year lifespan. It opened in 1972 and closed in 1998. Uh, Its closure, the reasoning behind it, I am not sure, it just kind of happened, with, but like a ride like that um, really surprises me that they closed it. It's one of those rides that's kind of cool to have in your park, so I'm not sure why. It was 88 feet tall with an 80-foot drop, which is unheard of for a mine training typically, but they did it here, 2,637 feet of track and 46 miles per hour. So it was really a fun little uh, uh, attraction Uh, from what I've heard, for those who have ridden it, they said it was not bad. It was not the best in the world, but it wasn't bad. Now, arguably the most famous coaster that left the park early was Texas Tornado. A Schwarzkopf, uh, custom looping coaster that had four vertical loops. Although one could argue the fourth inversion was more of a weird variation of the vertical loops. Um... This thing pulled a lot of G's. Like, a lot of G's. And it currently is still maybe somewhere, but it was, um. It is likely that it was scrapped. Because it was in storage at a park in Mexico until 2021, where it mysteriously disappeared. No one is really aware of where it went. So there's still hope, I suppose. That the ride could potentially be, uh, revived. But somehow, given its age, given that its original, uh, manufacture date is 1986. So, yeah, that should tell you something. Um, it's a pretty old ride. So, um, also to note, uh... It was just an intense ride. In fact, it was modified several times to decrease the intensity by the permanent parks it was located at. Supposedly, the final inversion pulled over 6 Gs. Which is insanity for a uh, coaster like this. I mean, like, that is completely insane. So, yeah. But that modification wasn't made till it reached Discovery Kingdom. Uh so it was actually a lot of intensity uh at Astro World and that may have been what prompted uh Six Flags to modify the attraction. That being said, it had a hundred fifteen foot height, ninety-eight foot drop, fifty-four mile an hour top speed, and over thirty six hundred feet of track. And to consider that this traveled the fair circuit for eleven years, that should probably tell you that this was a very significant attraction uh for the fair circuit. That's huge. Uh, It traveled in Germany. So those are the three that left the park early. Um, So we're going to go down the list a little bit of the park's other coasters. You had Batman the Escape, which opened in 1993. It was part of Six Flags' ride rotation program. Uh, What the ride rotation program was is a complicated situation, so that will be uh, discussed in discussed in a, uh, a a different podcast episode. We'll definitely discuss what the Six Flags Ride rotation meant, why it was done, and all that. So this stood 90 feet tall with an 85 foot drop, 2,300 feet of track. And the interesting thing about this was it was a rare Intamin Amusement Ride stand-up coaster. Now for those of you who are unfamiliar, a stand-up coaster is when the riding position allows for riders to be standing up during the attraction's course. So basically the restraints come over you in a different way and you are literally standing up during the ride. It's really a unique experience, very few l- are left, although one is being built right now. Uh so we'll see if that model catches on. It's a new model modifications were made to make it more comfortable unfortunately, these stand-up coasters suffered from a lot of discomfort. Because men especially were not very happy with some of the ways the ride moved and slammed their, uh, yeah, into the bicycle seat-like seat. So, yeah, it, it definitely, these rides don't have the best reputation. So, also, um, moving on, we have Greased Lightning. Uh, which was another cool coaster at the park, the Schwarzkopf Shuttle Loop with the flywheel launch. A flywheel launch, for those of you who are unfamiliar, uses a flywheel uh, to pull a cable that pulls the train, launching it down the track. This ride hit 60 miles an hour on that launch in four seconds and was over 130 feet tall with uh a length of only 849, but that's because it's a shuttle coaster, Kind of went through the loop, up a spike, and then back through the loop and into the station after going up a spike on the back end as well. So the reason I'm kind of going through all these coasters, by the way, is I thought it'd be interesting to discuss what Astroworld really had. I couldn't do much on the flat rides, mainly because I don't know where to look, Um, but if I had to... I would probably say they had some pretty cool stuff there, too. So, you know. Like, there's a way to see it. Like, you can look at it. Like, on... uh, Sorry. On... uh, Wikipedia. Uh, Wikipedia definitely has some... You know, things that show you what was at the park, when it was at the park, that kind of thing. I can't guarantee that it shows you everything, but you know, it's pretty much something that would, uh, that is definitely involved. So, uh, after he lightning, we're going to talk about Mayan Mindbender. This is a ride that actually operates at Wonderland as Hornet. So um that's the custom market 700. So we already discussed that in the po- in the podcast so we're not going to keep going. Now, one of my favorite names for a roller coaster that is no longer with us is Serial Thriller. Like come on, that's freaking awesome. That is a great name. Like it's so creative. It's actually creative, which is, you know, great. I mean, you don't see it as often. It actually still operates at Ronde, which is another Six Flags park in Canada, as Ednor the Attack. So uh, I probably butchered that. Uh, It's become a suspended looping coaster, unfortunately, which means it's not really that great. 689 meter standard model. They literally sold literally 27 of these, and everybody hates them for doing it. They're not good rides unless they have the new restraints uh or some work done to them which means they really have a great layout they just kind of fall short on the roughness department they get very rough so moving on we have a serpent this is a family coaster one of the few family coasters in the park it was an aerodynamics mini mine train it lasted from 1969 to 2005. uh it literally went 14 miles an hour and was 800 feet long so not exactly the most thrilling attraction, but still something uh, fun for the families and the kids. So that's something to really consider there. Now, arguably the most missed ride of all time from Astroworld is Texas Cyclone. This was a um, this was a mirror image of the original Coney Island Cyclone. Uh, it was ninety three feet tall, eighty foot drop, three thousand one hundred eighty feet of track. Some would even argue that this ride was even better than the Cyclone. I can't see how that's possible considering how freaking awesome the Coney Island Cyclone is. Uh, But more on that in another podcast. Uh, So uh, it was built by Frontier Construction Company and uh, redesigned by Bill Cobb or William Cobb, a famous roller coaster designer of the time. It opened in June 12th, 1976, and closed on October 30th, 2005. Uh, so, the reason I'm kind of talking about this as being missed, Texas Cyclone really was missed. Um, it still is, because of how intense it was. It was a wooden coaster that really offered the intensity, and from what I understand, it was really smooth as well. Like, for considering its intensity. So, also, we have Ultra Twister. Now, this this is a ride that everybody hates that it got removed um, and then scrapped for, instead of set up at Six Flags America. Uh, although, that's probably because they damaged the track during the um, transition. But um, this was a Togo ride. Which are very rare in America. I do believe only one remains. Yeah, only one remains. Um, but this these Ultra Twisters are famous for being really fun, thrilling, and unique rides. If you want to learn more, just comment on the question I'll ask uh, on, here on Spotify. And uh, just let me know if you'd like to learn more about this ride model. Just know it's a very interesting ride model. And I could break it down for you guys. Um... As a technical standpoint. And how it works. Which we will be doing in a future uh, season. Probably will be dedicated to. uh, To breaking down some rides. Uh, So that's kind of something. That I'm considering doing. We also had Viper. Which was a Schwarzkopf looping star. These are. uh, A relatively common Schwarzkopf model. Currently there are still. Five of them in operation, and probably more that are currently operating on the fair circuit. Eight were manufactured, so take that how you will. Um, Accelerate is the last coaster we're going to talk about. It's actually spelled XLR-8. hyphen It's an aerodynamic suspended coaster. It was 3,000 feet long. It was more of a mild attraction, but... I would have really liked to ride this because these arrow suspended coasters are really, really, really um, getting to be rare. Only five of them remain. Five of them are now defunct, including the Big Bad Wolf, the original one, the Bat, Eagle Fortress, and Hayabusa. um, Which we'll talk more about this ride model in another episode. I keep saying that because there's so many things that we can go into um, in these episodes, so that's kind of World for you, as you can tell, it's definitely an interesting park story, now let's, let's say this, um, it was closed very unexpectedly, park management didn't particularly know that it was going to get closed, so that's something to consider as well, all right guys, that's going to do it for this episode, I hope you guys enjoyed, and until next time, peace.